So today, again, we're leading into tomorrow is, is Halloween. And in, in Christian circles and in the Christian world, you know, if you're around for a minute, you're gonna find Christians kind of at opposite ends of the spectrum and anywhere in between, right? Even in this room, there's probably some that do not do anything for Halloween. You know, they see it as, as something, you know, that's, that's a, a negative or kind of, you know, the spiritual side and the history of it. There's others that, you know, celebrate it, see it just as a fun holiday, uh, just some time to get dressed up and just have fun. And then you get everything in between, right? And wherever you are on that spectrum, I just want to tell you today, you're okay. <laughs> All right? So don't feel bad. I hope, you know, if you are on the end of the spectrum that doesn't really acknowledge anything, you know, we, we see it as this opportunity to lean in. Um, and hopefully we can just be at different places maybe. Um, but my hope today, though, is I want to unpack just a little bit kind of the, the, the story, the history behind Halloween and just sort of how it came to be what it is today and sort of, you know, let it be out there. How many feel like if I handed you the microphone, you could articulate today the, where Halloween came from and how it kind of came into what it is today? Can I have a show of hands? Like, who thinks that they could do? I'm not going to give you the microphone, don't worry. Well, maybe. I don't know. I need an accurate. So who would say they could do that? So, okay, a couple people, so a handful. So hopefully, you know, today you'll learn something or maybe kind of uh, glean something that maybe you weren't aware of before because I think it's, it's important for us to understand uh, the, kind of what's going on and the, the story behind Halloween. Sorry, that's, these are all mine rolling around over here. So, <laughs> um, so, so let's kind of dig in here. So Halloween, all right, as we know it today, when we go way, way back, a long time ago, and you know, it's, it probably stems from a, an ancient pagan festival called Sowen, okay? And it goes back to like in Ireland and Britain, the Celts and everything else, they celebrated what, it, what was the end of the harvest and the beginning of the new year. Again, long ago in other cultures and things like that, there were, where was, uh, their, their kind of ebb and flow or whatever, their season was always, everything was based around harvest, right? So, you know, what the season is, uh, it's planting time, it's growing, and then, you know, we harvest and things like that. And so everything was built around that. And so the beginning of their new year at that time was November 1st, all right? So October 31st would have been like their New Year's Eve, if you will, all right? And they believed on this last night of the year, October 31st, that the spirits of the dead would actually come and haunt the living, all right? So that's kind of where it came from, you know, like what was going on back then. There was a lot of the superstition and things like that. And so what they would do is they would leave things on their doorstep, supposedly for these spirits, if you will, if they showed up. Can anybody guess what they left? It wasn't candy. What? Crops? That's not a bad guess. A trick? No, no but we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Man, I got a great crowd here, participants. Yeah. Candy? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, not Christmas. <laughs> One more. Pumpkins? No, it's, those are a really good guesses. It might be more for the adults, though. They would leave wine. Y'all like, okay, I could be interested. Um, they would leave wine and food, right? So almost like a meal on their doorstep is what they would leave. Um, and it was the, again, the thought was to ward off these, these spirits. I, I wonder, though, I guess no, yeah, anyway, I don't think anything showed up to eat them or drink or anything, but 
Anyway, they would do this, and the interesting part is if they had to leave their home, what they would do is they would uh, put a mask on, and it was, their thought was that it would fool uh, the spirits or whatever, the, that, would, you know, that they wouldn't recognize who they were, and that's how they would go out, so they would go out with a disguise on, okay? Did anybody learn something yet? Okay, good. Well, there's some more coming. So around the ninth century is when Pope Gregory IV, all right, he moved what is known today, anybody heard of All Saints Day? Okay, so we kind of know that. If you come from a Catholic background especially, you would, that, that probably sticks out to you. Um, but from, he moved it from May 13th to November 1st, all right? And today, All Saints Day, as you know, is still celebrated by, you know, the Catholic Church, but even in some of the Protestant circles, too. Uh, it's, it's seen as recognizing all saints that have come before, you know, um, that have, you know, even died for the faith. And so some Protestant traditions also celebrate that. And so in the Middle Ages, they were actually, they would have vigils, and they would be usually the night before, like, a big church feast day, Right? So the night before, they would do this, and it was natural, again, for one to be held. Of course, if All Saints Day was November 1st, then the night before would be this, this vigil, if you will, all right? And so it became known as All Hallows Eve, all right? All Hallows Eve. And Hallows is Old English for holy. Let's see if you can get this one. Our Father who art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name, okay? So that is kind of where that kind of comes in. And the way that the Scots actually pronounce it sounds, I'm not even gonna try. I did the whole like YouTube thing. I'm not even gonna do it. But it sounds, you can look it up though. I would encourage you to do that. And it sounds a lot like how we say Halloween. The Scots, the way that they would pronounce uh, this, this day sounds much like what we say, the All Hallows Eve. So it slowly morphed into this Halloween, okay? Now, let's kind of step forward a little bit. So the, the costume part, right? So we heard a little bit about people wearing masks and how they would, you know, it was to, so they could go out. But young people dressing up in costumes for fun, it actually came out around the 16th century in Britain, and it was called guising, all right? Does that sound like a word we probably know? If we put on a, somebody who don't want to know us, we put on a, Disguise, right? And disguise, this is the opposite or, or not. And so you put that with guys. So basically, this is not who I really am. It's the opposite of, you know, it's like a, a, a disguise. I don't know what else the word to use. <laughs> a costume. Um, and so they would go house to house uh, singing, you know, doing poems, telling jokes and everything for treats. All right? So this was kind of what was happening and how it sort of began in the beginning, um, and the tradition of trick-or-treating, as we say, it was this revival of this guising, and it was in the, mostly the immigrants, the, the Scottish immigrants, um, the Irish immigrants that came to the U.S. started to do this, and by the late, in the late 19th century here in North America, and it was fully kind of adopted around the 1940s is where we as Americans kind of, this concept of trick-or-treating really got into full swing, all right? Anybody learned something yet? Okay, so we're, we're good. We're learning. This is good. Um, and again, I'm just trying to give you a picture of what, and you can take it and do with what you want from there. Um, there's no right or wrong answer here. So, you know, one of the things I want you to understand or want us to understand today that if there's still this, you know, this connection, and I know a lot of people, and, and understandably, 
you know, this pagan practice with spirits and things like that. For most people today in the United States especially, you know, you go out and you talk to them, they're basically looking at, they just get dressed up and have fun, you know, go, go get candy and stuff like that. It's for their kids and stuff. There's, there's very few places, you'd have to probably deep dive into some pretty dark places to find people that still kind of uh, bring this spiritual stuff in. Now, again, if you think about what we've talked about and the whole kind of reason people were getting dressed up, all right, it was based out of a place that probably all of us can relate to at times in our lives of fear, right? And specifically, the fear of something, the fear of something that will come knocking for all of us one day, which is what? Death, right? And while not even taking this whole Halloween thing out of the picture for a moment, all of us and people in the world, and you think about what people face, many people are trying to kind of escape that or, or trying not to focus on that. And they, we fill our lives all year round with other things too, don't we? Even, even our culture as being an entertainment culture, right? We always want things going on. We always want this distraction, if you will, from the fact that we are walking towards death. Now, if you're here today, and I think a lot of you are, would you profess to be followers of Christ or believers, right? We know that death is not the end. We have a hope of something beyond death. We have a hope of eternal life, which changes our whole perspective, doesn't it? It really kind of makes our time on earth much more focused because we realize that we have a set time here kind of to make our run. And what kind of impact will we have on the world and how will we, will we be found obedient and faithful to what God has called us to, right? Did you guys get that? Okay, I'm gonna expect notes after when I'm done. We're gonna have a quiz. So when we, when we understand that part of it, when we understand that there is, there's that fear for most people in the world that do not know Christ as Lord and Savior, now we can start to sort of see that we, have a, a, we, we are on mission. Nothing's changed really for us, but it brings an emphasis that, wow, we really need to get the good news out, that there's good news that, that death is not the end. And so what it does, and even kind of with some of our approach, what we do is it makes Halloween, this, this, this holiday that's very you know, kind of commercialized and you know, whatever it is now, it makes this an opportunity or a mission moment for Christians to, to, to take seize of, if you had to seize, to take um, control of. Because as Cindy announced earlier, or she talked about earlier, you know, you have people, you have families. For most of us, if we live in a neighborhood or whatever, you have people showing up to your doorstep. <laughs> and I, my question and my, my, my hope or my challenge to all of us today is what will you do with that opportunity? Now, I don't, I'm not asking, you know, I don't think you need to sit there and, and have like a, a whole service and an altar call and everything else. I mean, you can do that if you, that's what God leads you to do. Give them wine. Yeah, you can give them wine. <laughs> not wine. Hey, we're going old school here. Here's a meal and some, here's food and wine. But, you know, it's, it's something for us. And, and I think what I want to challenge you with today is, is how will you, what will you do to reach the lost? I heard it said once at a church, and I, 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 pretty, I mostly agree with it. I, I do agree with it, but it was just kind of a little provocative in what it said. But basically, they, they would say that we'll do anything short of sin to reach the lost for Jesus Christ. 
And so, again, what, was that, what will that look like? How will you impact those that come to your doorstep? How, many will you, how will you impact those who even walk step foot today? You know, and we're going to do our best to engage them. Now, a lot of uh, in Christian circles recognize that on October 31st, there's another very significant day that we remember and celebrate. Anybody know what that day is? Reformation Day. Anybody know what Reformation Day is? Could you, you want to come up and give a rundown? Yeah? Oh, my wife is ready because she studies it in school. <laughs> right. So when Martin Luther, right, went to the, the church, the castle church in Wittenberg, Germany, and he, he posted what's called his 95 theses on the door, the 95 theses that he wrote out and posted on the door in Germany. And, and this was in, in kind of in, uh, what's the word, in opposition to where the, the Roman Catholic Church had gone where they were charging for everything. They were basically charging for salvation, if you will. They were charging for every single thing, and it becomes so corrupt. But his, this action on October 31st in 1517, it, it, it's really what triggered the whole Reformation, as we call it. And they, they translated, distributed across Germany uh, just the word of God, or the, this thesis, and it took fire. And the Protestant Reformation, really what it was, it was the discovery or the rediscovery of what we call justification. Okay, justification is a biblical term, but it's an important term for understanding. You probably understand it and maybe just don't recognize the name that I'm using. But this is the simple phrase of salvation comes by what? Grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Right? Grace alone, faith alone, in Christ alone. What does that mean? Short answer, you can't earn your way into heaven. There's nothing that we can bring of value, if you will, to somehow get ourselves saved. And we look around, or if you have conversations with people outside of Christianity and people that don't know the Lord, and you ask them, you know, if you were to ask them that question, you know, what are your thoughts? Or, you know, do you believe in heaven? And if they do, or something like that, well, how, how do you get in? And most of them probably, even in some other religions, they'll say something along the lines, basically it's like kind of the scale thing, right? If I do enough good, if I do enough things, you know, on this, in this lifetime to be kind, hopefully that will outweigh the bad. Now, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble. <laughs> We're all bad people in here. <laughs> and there's no way that we can do enough good. Is it wrong to do good things? No. It's, it's wonderful, but there's no way that we can do enough good in ourselves because it's basically saying that I don't need a savior. I do not need to be saved. And the whole reason Jesus came to earth to walk this earth and to die on a cross was to pay for sins because though the penalty for that is death. And so understanding that we cannot earn our way to heaven, we cannot you know, somehow pay or buy our way into heaven is critical for us to understand. And so we'll kind of wrap this up right now because, again, we're going to keep this short today. But All Hallows Eve, all right, which is, became known also as Reformation Day, really is a moment to celebrate and point, as we heard about with this pumpkin illustration, to the light that Jesus shines into the darkness of the world. How many of you know that you're pumpkins today? <laughs> and much like this, again, does this, can this produce light on its own? No. 
Typically, we'll put a candle, or nowadays, it's a cool little LED thing that looks like a candle. Yes, Joshua. Huh? God can make it light up. That's perfect. That's perfect. And so, again, a light has to be put inside there, and the light that comes from that is not of its own, but it's, it's of what is living inside, or who is living inside is probably a better way to say it, right? And so understand today that as followers of Christ, you are carrying a light, a light into a dark world that can be visible to others. And today, you know, we can think of that. In John 1, verses 4 through 5, very familiar passage. Um, sorry, John 1, 1 through 5, I mean. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things... Right? We're made through him, and without him, not anything that was made. And here it is. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In the light, or sorry, the light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. Can we say amen? Yeah, amen to that, right? Do you know what the beauty about light is? The beauty of light is that even in the darkest room, and most of us don't typically experience complete darkness, by the way. If you, you've, you know if you're in complete darkness where there is no, you think it's dark, but maybe a little light's coming or maybe a plug's glowing or something like that. But to go into a place of complete darkness, the beauty of, of striking a match and that little flame makes the darkness leave, right? And so wherever you see yourself today, you say, well, I can't do that. I'm, or I'm a new Christian or... I'm just not, I'm not bold enough or strong enough. You have a light inside of you in Jesus Christ that if you allow it, again, we could light that light inside this pumpkin here, and if we covered up all these holes, you wouldn't see it. It's there. <laughs> so my question to us today and my challenge for us today is how will we let our light shine during this season? How will we be a light in a dark world? And if, even if it's the smallest amount, it can be seen in the darkness. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much, Lord, for today. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I thank you, Lord, for even uh, as we talked about Reformation Day, Lord, just the, the impact and how that just, again, took the world by storm. God, you are not contained in man-made structures in man-made systems, Lord. You are, you are God over all. And so, God, I pray today for my brothers and sisters in this place, those watching online. Um, God, I pray that you will truly let your, shine, let your light shine from us to the dark world, the world around us. And it shouldn't just be even on just this day, Lord, but any day, I pray that would be the case. God, I thank you that you are at work, that you are moving, and even during this season, Lord God, that you would uh, meet people where they are. God, I thank you that, that you have called us and that, Lord, we, we, we don't have to earn our way into heaven, into relationship with you, but God, you, again, make that possible. And all we have to do is surrender ourselves, confess, Lord, that we are sinners and acknowledge you as Lord. God, I thank you that, that you have met us, Lord, uh, in the darkness and in our mess. God, that you have raised us up and brought us out of that. So God, I pray for today. I pray for all the people that are gonna step foot onto our property this afternoon. 
um, that are gonna, uh, we're gonna have opportunities, Lord, just to, to be lights to, to share the good news with, Lord, and just to be kind and, sh- and be loving. And God, look for those opportunities. God, I pray you give us eyes to see, Lord, and words to speak. God, we thank you. We thank you that you've positioned us here for this time, at this place, for this hour. And God, I pray that you would use your church today in a very real and powerful way. God, we thank you for this time. We ask you to continue to be with us the rest of this service and the rest of the day. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Would you stand?